Hi, and welcome back to the Pleasing God podcast, a podcast focused on helping Christians to think biblically, engage practically, and live faithfully for the glory of God. I'm your host, Jonathan Soule. Today, I want to talk about the ministry of encouragement, really the giving and receiving of encouragement. It's a term that's thrown around a lot, and rightfully so. It's used well. Sometimes there's some maybe misunderstandings on what exactly is encouragement according to the scriptures. Um, And so I kind of want to define a little bit of what that means, as well as looking at some evidence in the scriptures of, of encouragement, and then how, as believers, we can both give encouragement well and receive it well which can be a challenge at times. But when we think about the word encouragement, I think we often have this idea of words of affirmation, saying kind things to somebody. And while that can kind of be true, that's not exactly what encouragement means. Literally, the definition means to put courage in someone else. So when we think biblically about the word and the ministry of encouragement, we need to think of it in terms of giving someone confidence and courage to do something. The scriptures themselves are our source of encouragement as we read them. It's God's word to us to put confidence and courage in us to do something. I'm reminded of Joshua. The Israelites have come to the very edge of the promised land and their faithful leader Moses has died and Joshua is the successor of Moses. And may I talk about a transition of leadership there from Moses, who was the the closest man to God that walked on the face of the earth to Joshua. Joshua very much probably felt like he had some big shoes to fill. And the opening of Joshua is just an amazing example of God's encouragement to his new leader, his new man, that's going to take the task of leading his God's people into the promised land. Joshua 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses. God's reminding Joshua of the promises given, and that God's promises will always come true. And he's now going to continue to build the courage in Joshua. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And here is the the verse of encouragement. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, 
but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, if we would just even unpack this opening chapter in the book of Joshua, we see that God reminds Joshua of his promises to Moses. He then tells him of what he will accomplish as he relies upon the strength of the Lord. And God puts courage in him and tells him, your duty is to live faithfully, is to live obediently, to not depart from my commandments. And then he closes off once again, reminding him for the third time to be strong and courageous. God is the source of encouragement here. Remember the promises of God. Trust on the word of God. Meditate on God's word. And do not lose sight, though though it looks like difficulty all around you. God has promised to be with us, just as he's promised to Joshua. So this is a great example of the ministry of encouragement. God to one of his servants. And I think it's just a special passage, as Joshua is one of the great leaders, has great military victory. He messes up, and he screws up at times as well. But Joshua started well, and Joshua finished well. And it's a great example. Throughout the scriptures, we can see other times that encouragement uh, is called upon for believers. Paul writes about it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Speaking to these believers, he says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. This is what edify means, to build up, just as you are doing. And then he tells them how to do it. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. Just another wonderful example of the ministry of encouragement. The author of Hebrews, as well, writes in chapter 10, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So as we think about what the Bible says concerning the ministry of encouragement, how do we do this? How do we do this practically as believers? It's more than saying nice words to someone. You can affirm people and actually not put courage in them. So practically speaking, what are some ways in which this is manifest in our lives? Well, first, encouragement requires a relationship. It's hard to encourage people you don't know. You can send a kind word or something, but there's something about a relationship. You see between Joshua and the Lord, Paul to the Thessalonians, then telling the Thessalonians to one another, then the author of Hebrews talking about being together with the body of Christ. So true encouragement comes through relationships, life on life, being with one another. It's hard for me to give good encouragement if I don't know where maybe a brother or sister is struggling. So it involves being near them, knowing them, loving them. 
Another way I think that we can give encouragement is through being intentional. We need to encourage on purpose. I know one thing that's I've been seeking to do more intentionally in my life is if a brother or sister comes to mind throughout the day or at night when I'm praying, is to send them a message, uh, a words of encouragement, something like I'm praying for you, or send an actual scripture passage to that person. Say, I'm praying this passage for you right now. Oftentimes, those promptings in your own life, as someone comes to mind, very well could be the Holy Spirit at work in you, prompting you to be the giver of encouragement to another brother or sister. And so that's something that I've been seeking to do, and that would be something very practical way in which to give encouragement to someone else. I think another way to give encouragement is to be thoughtful, maybe even strategic in, in the usage of it. I think of encouragement like salt. It's good, but if you pour all of it on, it kind of takes away the point. And so, I mean, I've ruined many meals by oversalting them. And so I just think being strategic, because if you're somebody that's just always, 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 always kind of outputting encouragement to others, sometimes it loses its force. Now, I'm not saying don't encourage someone, but be mindful of how you use it and how effective that becomes towards others that are receiving it. And one of the biggest challenges that I think that comes to this ministry of encouragement is that it's forgotten. It doesn't take much to do it, but oftentimes in the busyness of life and the hustle and bustle of what's going on, we can forget that others around us greatly need it. Sometimes we don't recognize the struggle or the lacking of confidence or courage that are in our brothers and sisters around us because they project themselves well. Don't neglect it. It's not hard to do. And a word here or a word there can make all the difference in someone's day, whether you know that they need it or not. I was having a conversation with a brother the other day, talking about the ministry of encouragement, and it really got me thinking about the giving and receiving of it. And I think one of the challenges that many of us can face as believers isn't necessarily the challenge of giving encouragement, but receiving it well. We all can come across as thankful for encouragement, but how often do we receive it with open hearts? How often do we receive it with transparency? Someone sends you a message of encouragement always just respond, thank you. Or maybe there's an opportunity to be a little vulnerable and transparent. Say, hey, you didn't even realize, but I was going through dot, dot, dot. And you sending me this message, you know, it's almost a way of reciprocating encouragement or at least affirming that person's ministry to you. And I think we have hindrances to the receiving of encouragement because pride gets in the way. It's easier to give than to receive as well for many of us. And a problem becomes when we don't necessarily receive encouragement well, we can hinder someone else's ministry. And I think we need to be careful with that because it's totally throughout the scriptures meant to be 
a reciprocating act that goes between and around and through the, the, the believing community of God's people. And it shouldn't be taken for granted. It shouldn't be forgotten. We should use it rightly. We should be intentional. And it comes through relationships. The greatest place to encourage one another is in the gathering of the local church. It's being the church and loving one another and having and doing life together. This is why, again, let me remind you just of what was said at the end of Hebrews, where they say, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. But, so, so here's the contrast, but encouraging one another. So what the author there is saying is that to neglect to meet together is discouragement. Sometimes we don't go to church for ourselves. According to Hebrews, there are times that we're going to church because that minute, that is a ministry of encouragement to others. By our presence, we can strengthen someone else. And so these are some thoughts that I had concerning this ministry. It is so vital and helpful in drawing people together, strengthening one another as the times are challenging and we're all facing various trials and difficulties, but it is a way of expressing the love of Jesus to one another. And so let me encourage you to have that confidence, to have that boldness. Send that text message. Say those words to that person who you know needs to hear it. Don't be afraid to encourage somebody and learn to receive it well. Learn to receive encouragement with humility transparency and vulnerability and in doing so this breeds a culture of encouragement towards one another as we seek to live lives that are faithful for the glory of god i want to thank you for listening to the pleasing god podcast if you have any questions i would love to hear from you you can reach out at questions at pleasinggodpodcast.org and remember first thessalonians 4 3 this is the will of god your sanctification.